Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. If we got as passionate about our Jesus as did about our politics, we would turn this nation upside down for Christ. Number eight, don't select a candidate because they say they are a Christian. Don't select a candidate because they say they are Christian. Many will profess to be Christians to get your vote. The best candidate is the committed, qualified, God-fearing Christian who is seeking office not to further his or or her own interests, but to please God and to serve their community, their state, their nation justly and honestly. So, so, so I'm a Christian. That's why you should vote for me. Uh, 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 uh. The best candidate is the committed, qualified, God-fearing Christian who is seeking office not to further his or her own interest, but to please God and to serve their community, state, or nation justly and honestly. Leviticus 19.11 says, you shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. And many politicians, sad to say, are professional liars. Number nine. What should be the interest? What what should be of interest to us? What should be of interest to us is not the political party of the candidate, but the policies espoused behind the candidates. We oftentimes talk about the party, the party, the party. But what's greater is the policies that they are promoting that can either bless this country or judge this country. It is the policies that, that, that are being promoted by the candidates who are in all of those offices. I have a verse for you in First Chronicles chapter 20, 28 and 9. First Chronicles chapter 28 verse 9. If you can't get there fast enough, I'll just read it to you. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father, and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. This is God speaking to Solomon. 
In other words, it, 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 it is the motive behind the candidates. It is the policy behind the candidates. And everything that glitters is not gold. While some choices seem difficult to make when you are not satisfied with either candidate, what do you do in such a case when you're not satisfied with either candidate? Ask yourself, ask yourself this question. Which person would God want more in this office? Upon, upon determining that, vote for that candidate. Which person would God want more in this office? Upon determining that, vote for that person. We must, we must inquire more about the candidate and learn about their qualifications. Does the person have an affiliation? Listen, does the person have an affiliation with a church or Christian organization? Secondly, does he or she have a sterling character? Are they high principle? Are they honest? Are they humble and willing to stand up for what is right even though they may lose? Leviticus 19.15 says, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. With the pressing critical issues we are confronted with, it is important that we become informed and vote. We should vote intentionally. We should vote intelligently. We should vote biblically on these issues because at the end of the day, it is not the candidate. It is the issues behind those candidates. Second Samuel 23 and 3 says, the God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. I wonder how many politicians today are holy men and women ruling in the fear of almighty God. And the reason so many Christians are voting in godless people is because Christians are not voting in the fear of almighty God. Amen, lights. Listen at this closely. Listen, if you will. You're not going to hear this on television, but I'll tell you. Not voting because of not liking what you see in either presidential candidate is not the right response. Listen closely. We have God's sovereignty and human responsibility. Just because God is in control and knows the outcome of the election does not mean we should not vote any more than saints not witnessing because the Lord already knows who is saved or who will be saved. You know, well, I, I'm not going to witness because the Lord already knows who's going to be saved. No, 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 no. God's sovereignty and you have responsibility. All the candidates, listen closely, all the candidates will not be co-equal in their deeds. One will be, one will be more used by Satan than the other. You get that? One will be more used by Satan than the other. Therefore, we must know the candidate's position on all the issues, see what the Bible says about those issues, and vote for the candidate that are more aligned with Scripture. 
Hosea 4, 6 says, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, my people are destroyed. They perish for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will forget your children. He said, since you are so ignorant, since you've forgotten the law of God, I'm going to forget your children. But that's some tall, hard instructions there. And you, you know what today? We live in a day where Christians are so secularized and you are so indoctrinated by the media and by Time magazine and the New York magazine, whatever that is, the New York, whatever, and all New York times and all of these things, you are in that more than you are in this book. You in sports illustrated, you in a better house in garden, you in jet, you in all of this, and you're not spending time in this book. So when the preacher stand up and preach truth, you choke and you leave truth right here and you won't even let it go down and sanctify your soul. You know why you've been so, I like my word, the brother, brother said, inculcated by the philosophies of this age that when you hear truth, you reject it and get mad at the preacher. But I am just God's messenger. Don't get mad at me. Go check in with my boss. Go check in with my boss. I am only saying, when your mail come into that mailbox and that bill is not right, you don't slap the mailman. You call the office of CPS. You call the water board or whoever you got to call. You don't put the mailman's tire on a flat because of your bill. You got to go to the source. So I send you to my daddy, Jehovah God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. Listen, in many cases, the electorate may not have a choice of a qualified born again Christian candidate. In such cases, Christians should pray to God about the matter, asking him to give you wisdom, particularly if two or more candidates seem to be about equal in their qualifications. Does prayer really make a difference? Yes. It, it makes an extraordinary difference because God is in his unlimited compassion, responds to prayer offered in his name. As God's children and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must urgently, faithfully pray for our nation and its people. Be it known to you today, saints, prayer can change the course and the future of this nation. It will, it, it will also change the destiny of this nation if God's people would bow down and pray. Jesus understood this and spent much time with the father, often rising early in the morning or stand up late at night to devote, to devote himself to prayer. The disciples who traveled with Jesus witnessed his prayer habits and were amazed at how God 
God's power was displayed in Christ's ministry of preaching, teaching, healing, and deliverance. They, the disciples, made the the connection between Jesus' prayer life and his powerful ministry that made a difference. And they asked, seeing the power of God in prayer, Lord, teach us to pray, which is found in Luke 11.1. As God's children on earth, we are his advocates. As such, we must defend the word of God in every aspect of our lives, including the way in which we present ourselves to the world, the words we say, the decisions we make, the way we dress, etc. As we consistently apply the word to our lives and inspire others to do the same, we are blessed by God to be counted among his chosen generation, royal priesthood, and holy nation. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Let me tell you something, beloved. We must pray for churches in America. Churches in America, in bad, they're in bad shape. In bad shape. Out of all the churches, dysfunctional churches, mean churches, worldly churches, secular churches, so-called homosexual churches that are not churches. They're just systems of operation. You got all kinds of so-called churches out there. But the true church, of course, is not a building. We are a living, active body of believers. America is blessed with more than 300,000 churches of all denomination and traditions. If the church, the true church, would stand up and be actively engaged in America, we could change the course and destiny of our nation. As you intercede for, for the church, the Lord's church, both generally and specifically, we need to pray that we need to pray that they would be lighthouses, that the church would be lighthouses of truth and havens of hope in a country that is desperately in need of a prophetic word from the Lord. People ought to not look at the church and then get more confused. That's right. You need to hear a clear word, a clear voice, a prophetic voice. You don't need no little slouches in the pulpit. You don't need no little scary cats in the pulpit. You need somebody that's bold and can tell you the truth and not tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear. And if you step on your feet, the word step with holler ouch, get over yourself and apply the word of God. Prayer must precede and permeate everything we do. Prayer must precede and permeate everything we do. We must seek the face of God if we would see the hand of God move in our nation. This, the crisis we have in America is not just a political crisis, a cultural crisis, but a spiritual crisis and a mor- and, and moral in nature. We talk about the economy. The economy, 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 economy is the economy, stupid. No, 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 that's stupid. There's something greater than the economy. And that's morality. The moral fiber of this nation, as it declines, will affect everything in society, including the economy. God is not going to bless America's mess. That's right. 
with, with sexual perversion is on the rise, pornography is on the rise, gambling's on the rise, homemongering on the rise, folk promoting gayism on the rise, all this stuff on the rise. And then we say, oh, it's the economy. No, it's our sins. It's our sins. And now you got th- this man uh, of power pumping all these billions into the economy. Bimbenecki, whatever his name is, pumping in, trying to save the economy, trying to help uh, avoid a catastrophe. Listen, he can pump. Uh, all he's doing is deflating the dollar. Your money's going to be worth two cents after a while. And, and be it known to you today, he can pump in trillions into the economy. If sin is not dealt with, we are still going to go down and we are going to be destroyed because of sin, sin, sin. It is sin. It is S-I-N. It is sin. Sin is, because, is, is what is bringing this country on the brink of destruction. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 and 15 says, if my people, he didn't say if Hollywood, he didn't say if the White House, he didn't say Omega Sci-Fi, he didn't say Delta Sigma and Masonic who, that's right, that's right, he didn't say Oprah, he did not say Dr. Phil, those 300,000 churches in America, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Pumping more money into the government is not going to heal the land. It's not going to heal the land. It's God's people repenting, turning to God, crying out to God, and being actively engaged in the culture to the glory of God. That's when God will hear, and that's when God will heal the land. Verse 15 says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. You see, my friends, as I'm almost done, and some of you are saying, I'm, ho- I'm sure glad when he gets through. Prayer sensitizes us to the fact that our nation is perishing. The more you pray, it will sensitize you to the condition of our country and the condition of your spiritual life. Have we not learned our lesson from the horrific attack in America on 9-11? If we fail to repent and turn from our sins to the true and living God, God will send something far worse than 911 to judge uh, to judge America. Matter of fact, he will God will make 911 look like a piece of pie. Why? Because Amer- because of a loss of divine protection. The same God who removed the protection of of Judah in Isaiah 22, 8 and 9, is removing his divine protection from America because she has rejected God. You remember when those towers, when, 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 when Satan used those missiles, those, those, those airplanes, you know, to attack the towers? We weren't bothering anybody. And yet we were attacked on our, our, own, our own soil. 
And let me tell you, and then, then people had the audacity to holler when, when they were, the folks started coming to church then for a little bit. But they asked a crazy question. Where was God? Where was God? I, will, I wish they could have gave me the microphone. I said, shut up. God is where he's always been on the throne. You divorced him out of the school system. You don't want the nativity scenes. You want to be politically correct instead of God correct. You subtracted him out of the schools. You subtracted him out of the, 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 the walks of life. And now something happened. You, you want to know where he is. He says, you have subtracted me from this nation and from your life. So I am not there. I have left you alone and I let the towers fall to get your attention. And now again, you have a short memory. Don't ask where I am. You don't acknowledge me. You don't bless your food. You don't witness for me. You don't even, you have more of, 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 of the stuff of television in you than God in you. And now you have the audacity to ask, where is God? I'm gone. The divine protection is being lifted. And you think you're doing fancily nice. And you don't know that judgment is just a moment away. As Christians, we are called to rescue those who are perishing from secular ideologies. We are called as Christians to rescue folk from humanism. We are firefighters. We are firemen for Jesus. To rescue folk from pluralism. To rescue folk from false doctrine. We are called to rescue folk from the doctrine of demons and the agenda of Satan to destroy marriage, family, and freedom. To destroy the church and even the very soul of man. Beloved, we are spiritual firemen. Say firemen. Say, we are firemen. God, thank you. And it is our responsibility to rescue lost souls and this nation from the eternal flames of hell. People are going to hell from America in droves. And people are going to hell from the church even in droves. Because you call yourself Christians and we see no fruits of Christ in your life. But the Bible says, why call me Lord and do not the things I say? It ought, not to, it ought not take five years for somebody to identify that you are born again, blood washed, child of the living God. We are, we are called to be spiritual firemen and it is our responsibility to rescue lost souls and this nation from the eternal flames of hell. Can God count on you? Allow me to close with the fireman's prayer. Allow me to close with the fireman's prayer. When I am called to duty, God, wherever flames may rage, give me the strength to save some life, whatever be its age. Help me embrace a little child before it is too late or save an older person from the horror of that faith. Enable me to be alert 
and hear the weakest shout and quickly and efficiently to put the fire out. I want to feel my calling and to give the best in me to guard my every neighbor and to protect his property. And if according to my fate, I am to lose my life, please bless with your protecting hand my children and my wife. We are called to be firemen. Souls of men about to be given over and gone, going, they're going to a terrible place called hell. And hell is full of fire. And we're firemen. We're called to rescue the souls of men from the clutches of hell's fire. But we sit back and we want to see the football game. And we want to see the Spurs. And we want the best deal in town at Dillard's. And we want our nails and our hair and our dress and our shoes and our dangling beauty jewelry. While folk are going to hell in multitudes. And God has me here as his divine spokesman to awaken us that we are firemen for Christ. To snatch people out of the clutches of hell's fire. That they will be saved from the power and penalty and tyranny of their sins. And all God's children said, God bless you. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things he says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.